Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. Today, my guest is Mia Zavali, co-founder and consultant at Eatable, supporting food waste reduction goals of food businesses. A new resident of Detroit, Mia is passionate about getting to know the local community and engaging in sustainability and food waste reduction efforts. She is here today to tell us about how her company, Eatable, is making an impact in the anti-food waste movement. Good morning, Mia. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming. It was uh, so nice to meet you at the uh, Make Not Food Waste event in Detroit last month. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that was a month ago already. It was um, (laughs) great to run into you there. Did you have a good time there? I did. I did. I really enjoyed. uh, I was impressed by the event because there were so many great people there. There was a lot of interest and a lot of a sense of community. So many people who really care about where they live, wanting to make it better and coming together for the cause. And um, it was so nice to meet so many people at the table, such as yourself, bravely manning the table (laughs) for (laughs) a cause that's really not, um, not easy. Not that any cause that you really care about is, but yeah, anti-food waste is not an easy one to tackle. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. It was really wonderful to see how many people um, in Detroit are coming together to work on the issue. And it was also, um, I really loved getting the food samples from the local chefs of dishes created by food that would have been wasted. So how did you find yourself on this path to becoming an advocate for anti-food waste? So I've actually been working on food waste for over eight years now. It started way back when I was in college at University of Maryland. Rewinding a little, my family is from Ukraine. And so when I was growing up, we often would go back to visit grandparents and aunts and uncles. And I think that really helped me just get perspective on how different people live in different parts of the world at such a young age. And my grandparents really showed me that they, you know, would take their food scraps and that's what they use to feed their chickens that they have in their backyard, grew their own food. And my grandma at 90 today still has chickens and has her garden. And my grandfather would lick all of the like, you know, sauces and and everything off his plate, which is like not really good (laughs) etiquette, but literally no food waste. (laughs) (laughs) So in college, I was very eager to get involved locally, um, help out in the community, just like my grandparents did in Ukraine. I remember we even put on this event to make a thousand peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. (laughs) Sounds impressive. And it, it was really an accomplishment. But um, by the end of the day, we were dropping off like smushed garbage bags of like uh-huh. PB&J, which of course the nonprofits are really grateful to accept any food. It kind of started to dawn on me that 
there needs to be something better or more that we can provide. When we saw that food was being wasted from our campus dining hall, we started to ask questions about, you know, why is this good food? Why is it going to waste just because it's the end of the night? That's how Food Recovery Network uh, got started um, back in 2011. Mm. Where were you seeing the waste? What was bothering you about it? Was it the food on the trays that were left behind or was it the actual food that was being served that was untouched that was being thrown away at the end of the day yeah and it's definitely a very like waste happens at all levels kind of situation so there was an event before um starting food recovery network um which i can talk about a little bit more in a second but where we collected all the food waste from students to see how much we were wasting as individuals. Mm -hmm. But then, like you said, there was food on the trays on, you know, that was like being served to us, not on a buffet line that we saw at the end of the night. One of my friends asked, uh, like, where is this going? And the response from the employees was just the trash. So Mm. I don't think we, we didn't see all of it at once, but it was the asking the questions, the being aware of the need locally, the um, being passionate about sustainability and climate change that got us to the point where we're asking questions, talking to our dining hall and realizing that, like you said, there's food that's not even served or seen by students that's just extra that would go to waste if it wasn't donated or composted. Um, So with Food Recovery Network, we actually uh, began working with the dining halls and working with student volunteers and created a program where students would come in at the end of the night um, at the close of business to repackage all the surplus foods. So all foods that were safe to eat and uh, time and temperature controlled, drive it down the road to D.C. or even the local college park community um, Mm. where there was need. Mm -hmm. So how did that lead to founding Eatable? We started Food Recovery Network in 2011, and it was just really great timing. People were starting to talk about food waste. So at such a young age, we got exposed to a lot of the big players in the the food waste world, or anti-food waste world, I should say. And Food Recovery Network has grown now to over 200 college chapters across the country that have donated. Oh, that's spectacular. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Three million pounds of food donated by students, um, all student volunteers and, you know, a small national staff. I was at Food Recovery Network until 2016. And my my good friend, Cam, who's also there with me and a co-founder of Food Recovery Network, um, we decided to branch out and start Eatable because we were working with dining hall providers and, and uh, a lot of big food service providers. We noticed that they were asking us questions about, well, what about outside of higher education? What about K through 12? What about the corporate cafeterias and all types of food businesses. And um, we just became aware of how we could provide services for food businesses of all types. And Mm. that's why we started consulting at Eatable. What is Eatable's mission? At Eatable, we believe 
that all of the resources and tools for minimizing food waste and, and minimizing all types of waste for that matter, that those tools and technologies, they exist. So our mission is to make it easy and empower food businesses on their zero waste journey, especially as it relates to food waste. Over the past three years, we've worked with corporate cafeterias, hospital cafes, elementary schools, and, and local restaurants. Where are you located? We started out in D.C., and that's where my co-founder, Cam, is. And I just moved to Detroit in May. And then we have a pretty new team member, and he's based in New Orleans. So we're all over the country, okay. and we work with businesses all over the country. Oh, marvelous, marvelous. Okay. Help me understand the facts about food waste in business settings, those business settings you just mentioned. Absolutely. So um, you've probably heard the statistic that 40% of the food in the U.S. goes to waste. And mm -hmm. that wastes a ton of resources, including land, labor, and water. On the business side, when you break down that 40% of what goes to waste in the U.S., 80%, over 80% is individuals in their households and also consumer-facing businesses, so retail shops and restaurants. And it's, it's about half and half between those two categories. And with restaurants, that equates to almost $60 billion a year. That's going to waste thousands and thousands of pounds of food. So a lot of opportunity to combat all that waste and, and avoid it and divert that waste from the landfill, but also reduce and, and donate what's possible. What are the root causes of such copious waste by individuals in the home setting and in restaurants, as you're saying? Absolutely. So definitely have a lot more experience, hands-on experience with restaurants and, and mm -hmm. consumers in the restaurant setting. Okay. But there's a lot of causes. So on the individual side, there's a couple of things not understanding expiration dates and sell-by dates and what those mean. Those aren't actually required to be on foods and, and they're just more of a guideline. Food also for individuals sometimes loses its appeal. Once you buy it, you want to go out to restaurants and you might have food in your fridge that's good to eat, but it's easy to go out, get a meal and not, not cook the food that you bought. With that, just not proper storage or being aware of what's in your fridge. Things can always be frozen. Most of the time you can just you know, freeze your vegetables and fruits and put them in a smoothie or make a stir fry. So I think for individuals, it's just being intentional and being proactive on, on using the foods that you have in your fridge or storing them properly. Um, and then okay. understanding those sell-by dates. Um, and what about in restaurants? This is where we're really learning. Um, and, and part of what Eatable does is provide waste audits for restaurants. So we'll actually assemble a team to audit a restaurant. And we primarily work with food service companies, so more often this is a cafe or a cafeteria at a, in higher education or at a corporate cafeteria. But we'll actually audit how much um, waste is coming out of that cafeteria and that dining facility and assess the, the level of food waste. And a lot of times we're actually mm. in very surprised just by how detail-oriented it oriented chefs and managers 
are about managing their food waste because for them it, it's, you know, obviously there's a sustainability implication, but it's also money. So yeah. um, a lot of, most of the time we're seeing a lot of food scraps or, or areas where um, more training is needed for employees or just a little bit of disorganization in a kitchen facility where, you know, you have food that you're not aware of and you're purchasing more. So it really varies from, from place to place. And that's something that we're working on learning through our data. And, and with our audits, we, you know, assess the situation, provide the, the metrics and also interview, interview employees and guests. And from there, we work with the account to give recommendations for implementing changes to reduce. So what are problems that can easily be solved in the anti-waste movement in a restaurant setting? And what are some that are more difficult? So I would say, and, and this is um, a great question um, and definitely going to make me think a little bit. Some easy things are just training and communicating with employees. So making sure everyone, you know, is consistent, has the proper training on storing food, labeling food that they're storing, um, proper Mm. cutting techniques. Even just one of those changes or changing the way you cut one vegetable, especially if it's a chain restaurant, can have a ripple effect um, at multitude of restaurants because that's every day for 365 days serving you know usually thousands of people a day one other thing that we like to recommend is implementing some kind of composting if possible because Mm -hmm. there are inevitable food scraps you know you can't really do a lot with the pineapple skin a little bit too spiky to saute it or put it in a smoothie, but you can compost it and just put it back into the soil where um, we can grow more food. Um, it doesn't have to sit and rot in a landfill. But that actually can be a challenging one, especially if a restaurant or a food service space doesn't have the capacity to implement a program or the space. Oftentimes there's a fear of getting tests from having composting and sometimes Mm. that's additional money so these are all considerations for adding in composting that restaurants and food service companies will ask us about and this is part of what eatable believes i don't think there's anything that's you know impossible to solve it really just and we have such an individualized individualized approach. So I don't want this to sound like a cop out of saying it just depends on the space. But if you're in a small space in New York City, or in in a city where you're worried about pests, and you can't, you can't add another bin for composting, that's a little bit of a challenge. But if Mm -hmm. you have a bigger space, and you, you know, tend to forget that you have ordered multiple bunches of lettuce or or spinach because you have so much space for storage. Great idea to include composting. I think one difficulty that most uh, food service companies and restaurants have in terms of food waste reduction, and this is one that, you know, I haven't quite figured out yet, is catering. Catering is really difficult for, for reduction. Obviously, you want to have enough food for your customer. Events get canceled all the the time, events get rained out, less people show up, 
Mm. Um, there's a lot of reasons that food gets wasted at a catered event. One of the the protocols, safety protocols that you have to follow if you are going to donate food is you can't donate food that's been out um, for self-serve where guests can interact okay. with food. So that uh-huh. is one like one of the main ones um, for why you can't donate surplus foods. Consumers do care about sustainability and do care about food waste. So, you know, is there a way for um, catering companies or events to to talk about and have it be part of the conversation of we're not leaving food out. If you want this, ask for it. Um, Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we have to throw it away. I had Danielle Todd on. Uh, recently as well. And she talked about something really interesting that didn't occur to me. Transporting food to food kitchens, sometimes it may feel like to the individuals who are receiving that food, that they're getting something that someone else doesn't want. Mm -hmm. And so they feel like it's a little, it can be a little bit demeaning to paraphrase. What are your thoughts about something like that? Yeah, so this definitely goes back to my experience with the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches Mm -hmm. where we're just, you know, donating thousands of them. And do you really want like a smushed day-old peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I think it's really important to consider freshness and the quality of the food you're donating. And from my experiences working with nonprofits, we will help a restaurant or a food service provider find a nonprofit partner if they do want to donate. And based on that, you know, assess, try to make it easy for the nonprofit partner and the receiving agency as well. Some agencies have, you know, a minimum requirement for how much they're willing to pick up or a maximum that they can serve. And in my experience, a lot of the agencies are really grateful to receive prepared meals. Is it cost prohibitive to a business to invest in transporting extra food to food kitchens or pantries? Yeah. um, And again, (laughs) I hate just saying it depends all the time, just because we've worked with companies in in so many different states and cities. Oftentimes, yes, in terms of having the storage capacity and having the vehicles and having employees do the delivery. There's no real easy way to get it transported because it's hard on the nonprofit agency as well or or the soup kitchen. So I really love to work with organizations that their sole purpose is providing volunteers to pick up the surplus food and then deliver it to the agency. So that way it's not an additional cost on the business Mm -hmm. and it's not Mm -hmm. um, an additional time and labor of the nonprofit. But the goal of this organization, the food rescue organization, is to get food from point A to point B and make it easy for everyone. So, How does Eatable find the businesses to work with? Do you ever find resistance in partnering with different locations? 
Since Cam and I were at Food Recovery Network, we've been partnered with um, a food service company called Compass Group, and they're really wonderful. They have a lot of goals on food waste reduction and and a lot of sustainability initiatives, and, and just I really appreciate their willingness to spend time and money on on how to make food ethical and, and how to do the right thing. So they are basically are an umbrella organization and own um, food service providers that service hospitals, higher education, K through 12. We're talking about how to actively pursue different types of businesses or smaller local restaurants and what can we offer different types of companies because each food business is completely different um, depending on the type of food business you are. Mm-hmm. What can we do as consumers to help? First, there's definitely our responsibility as consumers to make sure that we're wasting less in our own homes. But then going out into the world and um, you know going to restaurants and events, I think the more we ask about food waste and composting and sustainability, the more these changes are going to happen because restaurants, businesses, event centers, they're all listening to what their consumers want and educating yourself on what's going on and, and becoming aware. And you can also volunteer. There's in Detroit, there's a food rescue organization called Food Rescue US. And they actually just got started in the summer um, here in Detroit where they have an app um, connecting interested volunteers to businesses who want to donate. And then the volunteers will deliver um, donated foods to soup kitchens and, and nonprofit agencies in Detroit. So there's a ton of ways to get involved. <laughs> what is your personal definition of what it means to be healthy? Wellness and self-care are super important and Having been a co-founder of a nonprofit and now um, my second business, it's been something that has constantly evolved for me. And I've learned that I need to prioritize my own wellness to be able to do well in my work. There are three things for me of what it means to be healthy. The first thing is definitely like boundaries and and drawing a boundary between um, my work life and taking care of myself personally. So you know, whatever that means on a given day. And the second point for me is balance between, you know, having that work time and having that play time and having time with friends and getting enough sleep. There's a ton of things we need to balance all the time. And then it's kind of draws in boundaries and balance. But for me, being healthy is about listening to what my needs are on any given day. And knowing that it's different every day. And finally, what does your grandma and your family think about the work that you're doing? I think that they're proud of the work that I'm doing. You know, it's hard because sometimes there's a language barrier for me to fully talk about the details of my work. When I go over to Ukraine and I'm always like working with my parents on how to craft the exact like Ukrainian vocabulary to say what I want to say about my work. I think that they're proud and and excited that I've had this opportunity in the U.S. to create my own business and to have it be something that um, is so meaningful to me and and to my family members. Yeah, it's been a really, really beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm lucky to be able to share it with my family. 
I can definitely speak for myself and I hope the audience as well has really benefited from the work that you're doing and the fact that you are one of the people in this world who's truly making a difference and we appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you so very much for being here today and and sharing a lot of great insight about how we can be more proactive about helping in the anti-food waste movement and how that impacts everyone and impacts our planet. And thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and and I love all the work that you're doing as well. My pleasure. <laughs> we're both very passionate advocates of what we're doing, so <laughs> makes a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and now it's time for practical tips. Mia has inspired me to investigate how I can be more effective in the anti-food waste movement, specifically by becoming a volunteer in food donation. So I invite you to share ideas about the work you are proud of to help decrease food waste. Please email me at yogimd at yogimd.net and I will share your ideas soon. Thanks for being here. See you next time.